Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, I'm Today, I always say I'm excited when we have a guest, but I am. I'm excited. We've got, we've got our international guest here. She's someone who's created multiple products for herself, doing podcasts for other people, um, knows uh, uh, a lot about um, uh, leadership and success, has got a master's and has, it's used to be a CPA. Like, she knows everything. Anything that's worth knowing, she knows. Please welcome <laughs> Julianne Sullivan. Welcome to the show. Well, I don't know how I'm going to live up to that. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just, we'll just wing it. We'll see how we go. Okay. I'll so my very it. first question is, as per usual, how do you define success in your life and your business? Well, success for me is, am I happy? That, that's really success. I want to pay my bills and I want to be happy while I'm doing it. Um, I think that we create a lot of uh, metrics for what success is. But for me, really, I, I need to be happy with what I'm doing. That's the utmost important. I can be working like crazy, right? Mm. 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. But if I'm happy and passionate about doing it, then I'm successful. That's a, that's a great definition. Um, and and I'm, I'm really interested, like as I said before, you've got a master's. Your master's is in accounting and you've got also got a degree in psychology. That's an interesting combination. Did you go, oh, I must be crazy. I'll do a master's in accounting. How did that happen? Well, that happened because I did my bachelor's degree in developmental psychology, and I really became a lifelong learner. So I, I deliberately learn about human behavior every day and still do, either mine or the world around me, because it really interested me. So... I did that. And then I needed to make money. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a job doing bookkeeping and it was fun. It was like a puzzle. I decided to go back to school and get my MBA in accounting. And I went to the first university in San Diego, private university that ever came up with this idea of getting a degree month by month by taking a class a month. Now a lot of universities do that. Right. But they were the first ones to do that. Uh, The idea behind that was if you were working and you had to travel one month, you didn't lose a whole semester. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, it was fun. And it was fun until it wasn't fun anymore, which was 30 years later, right? (laughs) And then I didn't want to learn one more piece of information about accounting. So I knew I had to quit because you got to keep learning. I don't care what you do. Yeah. You got to keep learning. So I quit and then I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had always done presentations and I had a fuzzy file with all these nice testimonials in it. And I was reading them one day and I went, I, that's it. I want to become a professional speaker. Having no idea (laughs) what I was talking about. I just, you know, so went from there. Yeah. Went from there. Fantastic. And now, would you say that you have a specialty in podcasts? Because you've got a couple and you're helping other organizations do their their company podcasts. So is that your specialty at the moment? Yeah. You know, my focus is really on business culture and employee engagement and the podcasting just kind of rolled into that. Mm -hmm. But again, right, 
you have fun, but you need to make money. Mm. So I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, as you do. I don't have sponsors. I don't make money off it, but I love it. <laughs> I love podcasting, love passion. It takes money and time, but I love it. So I came up with this idea to help companies do internal podcasting so I could pay the bills while I was passionate about what I was doing. Yeah. And so how have the corporates embraced that, uh, uh, the, the internal podcast? Have they been excited about doing it? Well, I think that they've kind of come around to be exciting about it. once they find out that it's short and sweet. So we do it eight to 12 minutes maximum. Right. Once they find out that it's not the same person all the time, once they find out that I work with them on their scripts and we do it interview style and they realize that it's going to give them clear, concise and consistent messaging, which companies need when they can't get everybody in the same room, mm. then they get excited. And I also work with them on coming up with metrics and marketing so that we have ways in which to figure out if it's working. Yep. I make people do it for at least six months because you can't really tell if it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's going to take six months to people discover that it exists and they want to listen to it. Exactly. Well, that's why I, I work with them on a marketing plan because I think it's really important. You can't just mm. throw something out there and go, nobody's listening. Because <laughs> you don't do that for your customers. And the world is coming around to understand that their employees are their best customers. Yeah. And they need to treat them the same way. So what sort of re results have you been getting with, with the corporate podcast? It's all about engagement, right? And connection. Mm -hmm. I can interview a CEO or someone else in a leadership role. And I don't talk to them about their job. I talk to them about what's your favorite movie? Why? What, what book did you read that you really like? Why did you like it? Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is people in the company connect. And the research shows that when people connect with the people in the C-suite, they work differently. They work better. They are better problem solvers. They are more productive. They're happier. They're healthier when they have those connections. So this is a way. I mean, there are companies out there where the CEO is amongst the people that work with them. But that's not always possible when you have an office in Singapore and an office in London and one in Minnesota, right? Yeah. So. So this is a way to connect and it's a great way to, let's say you have some new benefit and you really want people to take advantage of it. It's a way to get that information out to them that maybe they'll listen to because they're short and it's audio only. They can do it while they multitask or drive in the car and take advantage of perks that the company has that people don't even know about. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't read the email. Because <laughs> nobody reads the emails. Because nobody reads the email. And right? so do you host all of these yourself or are you training up hosts or how does that work? Because it, it, it must keep you quite busy if you're hosting every single one of them. I do host them. Yeah. Okay. So I can only have a certain number of clients. Yeah. We do each client, we do two a month. And again, they're eight to 12 minutes, although yeah. I do work on the script with them. That's part of why they're paying me, right? Yeah, to help yeah. them 
And when I help them with the scripts, it's from a, a position of, I pretend I'm the employee, so I want to make sure the message they want to get across is what I'm going to hear. Yeah. So I may come up with different questions for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How nervous are some of the C-suite or the managers that you're speaking to? Because a lot of them don't like to expose themselves, almost don't like to show their humanity to some of the teams. Not all of them, but there are some who are like, right. oh, we have to create this illusion that I'm in control and I am the supreme <laughs> being. <laughs> you know, it really isn't so much the people in the C-suite. It's the director of HR or the director of safety or the people who really don't get out and talk in front of people because most of the people in, in the C-suite or many of the people in the C-suite have talked to crowds of people either at other functions or in their own space. But it's the ones who never do that. So I just make them more comfortable. Yeah. First of all, it's not live. Yeah. You don't have to be all freaked out about that. Second of all, I just tell them, hey, if you screw up the whole thing, we can do it over. It's eight minutes. <laughs> Right. Or don't worry about it. If you, that's part of my charm of working with them and making them feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That sounds, that sounds really cool because I, that is always the struggle with corporates in terms of, oh, and, and even medium sized business will send an email out or a communique out to the employees, but no one reads it and they're all too busy yeah. and it's blah, right. blah, blah. But, um, the obviously the the audio the podcasts are going well have any of your clients said can we do this on video yes and i that's just not a space i want to get into that's a yeah. whole other production space yeah and i'm i'm not interested yeah 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 okay so right. because so, I'm, I'm i'm having someone else edit the yeah. podcast that's one of those areas i don't do well and don't want to know how to do the mysterious so, black box of like, just make this right. Yeah. You got to know what you do well. I don't do that well. I don't want to learn that piece. So, um, Well, that's yeah, really interesting. Let's, do let's that. go down that path for a sec. What other things in your business do you go, yeah, no, I don't do that. I get someone else to do that. Uh, any video, mm. either making videos or editing videos, um, Lots of graphics I don't do. I love Canva and I can do, you know, one thing on Canva. But if I'm putting together a marketing piece, I don't do that. Yeah. You know, I put together the artwork for my podcast, but I have a template and I pop in a name and I pop in a picture. I didn't make the template. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had someone else. So I would say that. That's something I do. I don't transcribe my own stuff. I have other people do that. Yeah. Okay. So you've obviously learned the, the, the concept of outsourcing the stuff that you're not good at or don't like to do very early on. You have to. And, and I wouldn't say I learned it early on, but as you go forward, you get rid of that. Oh, it's too much money. Yeah. Well, but if you're spending your time on that and not, making money in other ways or doing what you're good at, then that argument doesn't really work. Yeah. yeah. But we all start out that way. Oh, I don't have the money to do that. <laughs> well, it is. It's that money for time swap. When you start out first, you've got more time than money. And then as it, as it gets going, there's less time, but a little bit more money around, but some stuff to outsource, like 
I, I, you know, I have a transcription service that's costing me like a dollar a minute or something. Right. And um, it's just, I, that's way more affordable than for me to sit down and, and spend five times as long doing it and stuffing it up. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of outsourcing the fiddly little bits. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who outsource the financial. I don't because that was my background. So it's yeah. no big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of people who don't like that and that's not what they should be doing. Besides the fact those types of, you know, you talk about success and how to be successful. Those things you don't like to do never get done, right? They're always at the, but they're sitting in the back of your head and you're going, oh, I really need to get that done. I really need it. Which keeps you from being really focused and creative and productive on what you like to do. Because in the back of your head, you're going, oh, I still haven't gotten that done. I still haven't gotten that done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about employee engagement, being that that's a big focus of yours. But first up, we have to um, take a short break and hear a little message from our sponsor. We'll be back right after this. Do you want to be on the show? Warwick is always looking for great success stories to share. Head to the contact page on getmoresuccess.com and get in touch to see if your story is suited for the show. Are you enjoying the podcast? We would love a five-star rating. Head to your player of choice and add one for us. Go on. You know you want to. Uh, welcome back. I'm speaking with Julianne Sullivan. We've been talking a bit about podcasts, business, all the fun stuff, but we're going to talk about employee engagement. So, um, engagement's a, a big issue. Like um, some of the research that I've seen floating around is that there's like less than 35% of people are actively engaged. And right. there are some, there's a small portion who are actively sabotaging. And there's a lot of people in the middle who are like, nah, I don't care. Yeah. And so uh, I'd love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would too, is what are some of the key things that, that organizations can do to increase that level of engagement? The number one, number one, and remember, I interview companies that do this really well on the Businesses That Care podcast. The number one overall thought process I see of companies who really get it is listening. And giving people a safe place to express themselves and, and listening. So That's, we're not talking anything sort of high tech. It's amazing. Oh, my God, it's going to cost you a fortune. We're really basically saying treat them like a person and hear their concerns. Wow. There's an idea. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, let's sort of start with the basics. All right. So the number one thing is listening. What else can, can people do? Uh you know, people want to grow. They don't want to be stagnant. Most people want to grow. Therefore, give them the opportunity to grow. Whatever that means, grow in their job, grow as a human. I talked to a company the other day and everybody in the company gets $2,000 every year to grow. They can take whatever they want. It could be basket weaving. It could be <laughs> leadership training. It can be anything. The only caveat is you have to come back and share it with everyone in the company. Yeah. So that's, that, that's great. You know, cause the number of times that, you know, some of my clients, they go to their bosses and say, oh, I'd really like to do this training course. Oh, it's not in the budget. Oh no. And it's just, it builds on that resentment of like, well, you don't care about me. Why should I care about you? Uh, this other company is going to pay me and put me through training. So I'm going to go now. Bye. Exactly. And 
it's an employee market now. It's not an employer market, right? Because our employee pool is shrinking and it's not going to get bigger. It's going to keep staying small. And if you don't take care of me, I'm going to go somewhere else. I just read the other day, uh, somewhere over 50% of people are actively looking to change their job. Mm. They're always saying, well, what do you got over there? Yeah. And what that's the thing with things there? like, you know, LinkedIn and online job hunting places, it's really easy to, you know, you might not be passionately looking for another job, but you just set up an alert so that if you're just like, you know what, if something comes up and they're going to pay me more than X amount of dollars, I'll, I'll look. And, and it's more than dollars now because most people won't jump just for money unless they have a particular debt they need to pay or something like that, right? It yep. depends upon what their focus is. But if I'm working at a company where I have a bad boss, I'll call him, um, then, and I go somewhere else and I like that they give back to the community, you know, for an interview and I find out they give back to the community and they have a collaborative workspace and they have a mentor for me as soon as I come in, I might, and I'm going to get paid the same, I still may jump. Mm. Because I feel like those people care about me. You know, when I was in the corporate world and you got a job, you loved the job that when you went to work, you had everything you needed at your desk and your cards and whatever it is that they had, you know, with their logo on it that they gave you. But it was all there. It wasn't, oh yeah, two weeks from now. (laughs) It's like when I go into the bank and... And one of the tellers has cards and it's just generic. Yeah. You know, does that mean you might not be here in two weeks? So they couldn't afford to put your name on a card? I mean, how expensive is that? Seriously. Or or the other one that I've seen is generic email addresses. Um, Particularly when you're dealing (laughs) with, uh, uh, I have some real estate people that I deal with and, you know, their email is A2 at, you know, so-and-so real estate. And you're just like, so I don't even get it, my own email address. That I'm just inheriting someone else's. <laughs> Unbelievable. So how important is, uh, uh, like for employee engagement, how important is it to have an induction program that works? Oh, gosh. Onboarding is very, very important in that. Otherwise, you're kind of like throwing people in with the lions. First of all, if you don't have a really good onboarding process, People don't know what they're doing. So here they are in a new job. Imagine this. I'm in a new job. I'm not really sure how your softwares work. Uh, I'm not really sure if I should ask anybody. Will I, will I seem stupid if I ask this question? Now I've been there two weeks. I've got all these questions. I don't know where to ask. Now I'm not doing the work as well as I would like to be, but that's not my fault, but nobody really cares now I'm feeling like people are looking at me. So you get the scenario, right? Here's this person and they want to perform, they want to do their best, but you've never given them the tools. It's like when they, um, when they promote someone in production to management, but they never give them the management tools, you know, that Peter principle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. So onboarding is really important. 
You know, when you walk into a restaurant or any place you go or a home you're looking at to buy, the reason they stage homes is because you feel comfortable when you walk in, right? So you have a completely different attitude. Same thing happens when somebody comes into your company. If they feel right away that you're going to be lost, I'm going to be lost. Nobody really cares. Nobody's going to give me the tools I need. That person might be looking for a job really quickly. Yeah. And and and, you- and that's the thing. Like when, they, when they're turning up to their desk, if they find the business card is there, they have their computer there set up. There's a little stress ball with a company logo on it, maybe a, a T-shirt or a hat. All of a sudden it's like, oh, they knew I was coming. They care. It's not and- like, oh, hang on. Here's an empty desk. You'll be there. And oh, by the way, we use Lotus Notes in this uh, company. So you'll be right with that, won't you? Well, that's the standard IT training, yeah? Right, right, right. Exactly. As opposed to what companies who are doing it right will do. Uh, Hey, Warwick, we're really glad to have you. By the way, if you have any questions, if you get stuck with the software, Julianne is your mentor. Go directly to her and ask her. Don't sit and, you know, drive yourself crazy. Yeah. That's that's huge. Yeah. So, and onboarding's a lot more than that obviously. It's learning all the processes, the procedures, how they do things. Um I'm seeing onboarding get longer where people are actually learning things on their own and then working with a mentor side by side, kind of like what happens at restaurants where they say, "Hi, this is Jane. She's training with me tonight," right? And they have somebody instead of throwing them to the wolves, so to speak. Um, So onboarding is becoming a bigger deal because people know that that first impression is important. Uh, But, you know, employee engagement is becoming the employee experience. It's what people experience from the time they see the job on your website or a job board. How's it written up? What does it say? to the time they walk out the door. Because even though someone's walking out the door, they may come back or they may send you someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really is you know, onboarding or that, that induction process, it really is, for want of a more technical term, a cultural assimilation. Like, you know, you have Absolutely. to understand this is our culture and this is what is expected of you and this is how things are done here. And there are so many intricacies to that, particularly if you've got an established company who may have gone through multiple cultural change processes itself. There's, right. It is quite sophisticated in terms of how to embrace that and, and become part of the company, which is what ultimately everyone wants. Exactly. Every, you know, my philosophy has always been human beings only really need two things. One, they want to be acknowledged. And two, they want to be valued. And if you can do that right when they come in, even in the interview process, People are going to work harder, smarter, with more clarity, more focus, more creativity. Yeah. Because that's how they feel. They feel like they're working for the family instead of just a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, um, now just to 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 finish up, a couple of questions about um, uh, you and your business and your your background. And that is, what are some of the things that you wish you'd known early or maybe not known, done? Because sometimes, as you said, we know we should do things, but we don't do it. <laughs> so in your journey along success, what are some of the things you wish you'd done earlier? I was just talking to somebody the other day about this. When I first started out in speaking, 
I used to tell people, I can speak to you about anything except algebra. And I thought that was a really good thing to say until I realized nobody wanted to hire me, right? Because I was a jack of all trades and I knew nothing really. So focus, I think, is really important. And I think that comes from inside, but it also comes from outside. You have to listen to the universe. Where is the universe taking you? What people is it putting you together with? What do you find yourself researching on the internet in your spare time? Whatever that is. Mm. Um, You know, that's where you need to go. And I knew I had a great, a unique coupling of psychology and how business works. Um, And I didn't, and I have always talked about communication, collaboration, and change. Now I've taken the communication and the change piece and put it into the business culture because both of those exist all the time in all parts of a corporate culture. Right. So what's next for you? What's, what's next? Is it still working with more corporates, doing more podcasts? Have you got some big vision of what's happening? What exciting things are just around the corner? Well, I am putting together an online course right now that is connected to my new book, Blueprint for Employee Engagement. And I'm going to have 18 six-minute-ish videos with uh, questions It's designed to be watched in a group with a facilitator and then there'll be questions to discuss right then and questions to discuss at a later time after you take the new tools and go out and use them. That will be wrapped up in the fall. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually doing it for the University of Mississippi. They asked me to create this. um, So I am. And then it'll be out to the public in the fall. I'm looking forward to that. And I have a new book, which is going to be based on my interviews with these incredible uh, leaders that I've been talking to on businesses that care, people who really do it right. And I'm going to share many of those simple solutions that give them big results. Fantastic. Julianne, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you or uh, your corporate podcast, how can they get in touch? The best way is to go to my website, julianesullivan.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And then everything else goes from there. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me anywhere. If you want to find me, you can find me. (laughs) Fantastic. Julianne, thank you so much for your time today. Work. I always enjoy being with you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary from warwickmary.com. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merriam. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.